Day number 44. 44. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, toll free. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Well, here we are, day 44. Americans abandoned behind enemy lines, and, and Joe Biden's turning the page. And we got the professional and business-like Taliban. We'll get to that in just a second here. Um, so anyway, so this issue comes up last week. And I I saw something that was said by Congressman Jim Banks of Indiana. He chairs the Republican Study Committee, is on the House Armed Services Committee. And by the way, himself, he served in the U.S. Navy Reserve as a Supply Corps officer in 2014 and 15. He actually took a leave of absence from the Indiana State Senate to deploy to Afghanistan during Operation Enduring Freedom. Um, anyway, he's been a vocal advocate for men and women left behind and abandoned by Joe Biden in Afghanistan. I mean, it is a national embarrassment and a disgrace. And as I went over in the first hour, you know, things are getting worse by the day. Uh, you know, I'm listening to John Bolton. They may get nuclear weapons. Good, John. Uh, how do you feel about your vote for Joe Biden these days or your not no vote on Donald Trump? Taliban is now executing all U.S. collaborators. They hang, hung one guy from a crane in one particular incident. I mean, it's just an unmitigated disaster there. Uh, literally, there was a story today out by the Daily Mail how they're hanging dead bodies of kidnappers in four separate squares of an Af- Af- the Afghan city, Herat. Uh, so watching that mess unfold there as well. Taliban foot soldiers have stopped uh, having so much fun and they've got to stop taking selfies, according to the leadership. And barbers in Afghanistan now are prohibited from shaving beards and playing music. Oh, my goodness. Every Christian is living in fear of the Taliban as they're now carrying out and they're saying they're doing it. Executions, amputations, and and we see video of beatings. You know, there was uh, the Taliban hung this dead body from the crane and right in the middle of a city square. And Biden doesn't say a word. He just he just he just talks about we've turned the page. We've turned the page. Turn the page. You know, Jen Psaki makes the statement. Let me play this for you. You know, remember the professional and business like Taliban. Where did this come from? Can you explain a little bit more about why the White House in the statement is calling the Taliban business like and professional? Well, I would note that. In that statement, what we were announcing was the fact that a Qatari uh, Airlines flight successfully landed in Qatar. You're saying the Taliban is businesslike and professional. Their interior minister has an FBI wanted poster. He's got a $10 million bounty on his head. That's What's the business? We are here to celebrate the return of American citizens who wanted to leave Afghanistan. We had to work with some members of the Taliban to press them uh, and to work uh, in a businesslike manner to get them out. Oh, okay. What about all the ones you abandoned and their families and their children and the thousands of green card holders? Those green cards make them eligible to live in the U.S., never mind the tens of thousands of Afghan allies. Now, Congressman Jim Banks, listen to what he says about the Taliban, this terrorist organization, having more Black Hawk helicopters than 85 percent of countries in the world. Because of the negligence of this administration and the hasty retreat that they led out of Afghanistan, they have left 85 billion dollars worth of American equipment in the hands of our enemy, the Taliban. Seventy five thousand vehicles over 200 airplanes and helicopters, 
over 600,000 small arms and light weapons. The Taliban now has more Black Hawk helicopters than 85% of the countries in the world. But it's not just weapons. They have night vision goggles, body armor, and unbelievably, the Taliban now has biometric devices, which have the fingerprints, eye scans, and biographical information of all of the Afghans who helped us and were on our side over the last 20 years. Please stare into the camera or the computer. Let's see if there's a match. Okay, off with your head. Anyway, Congressman Jim Banks of Indiana is with us. I mean, the, uh, th there's like hardly a word. Biden goes to the U.N. last week and says that he's turned the page. How do you turn the page on Afghanistan, leaving hundreds of Americans behind and their families, leaving behind thousands of green card holders, leaving behind tens of thousands of Afghan allies on top of the 80 billion in equipment, on top of the biometrics and the and the computer database information that exposes every single Afghan ally and they'll all be killed. I mean, how do you how do you how do you screw it up that bad when you could have easily pulled everybody out in March and April and May and June and July? Why? No, there's no good no good uh, answer to that question, Sean. But uh, uh, last week when when Biden went to the U.N. and spoke, if they were laughing uh, at him at his face, they were laughing behind his back because the, the rest of the world sees what has become of America with Joe Biden in the chair as president, as commander in chief, uh, how much he's bung not just bungled Afghanistan, but uh, the, the projection of American weakness that he has uh, led on the world stage in just the, the first eight months of being president. I never missed Donald Trump so much as I did last week when Joe Biden was at the U.N. apologizing for America, apologizing for uh, the, the strength and toughness that Donald Trump brought to the White House uh, over the last four years, and uh, the, the America First policies of Donald Trump versus the weakness and appeasement uh, and the projection of weakness that, that Joe Biden expressed before the U.N. last week. I never, I'd, never, I'd never miss Donald Trump more than I did in that moment. Now, I'm, I mean, it's just unbelievable to me. It's like everyone wants to just put this aside and not talk about it. I, I, in good conscience, I don't live my life that way. All I'm thinking about is, oh, you, it's easy for him to turn the page. It's not his family. I mean, but I can share your pain. You know, he's telling the families of the 13 military uh, men and women that were killed over there. And, and okay, but, you, you know, your son died of cancer. These men died because of your stupidity and your, your ignorance. I mean, how many months were we watching the Taliban just roll over this well-trained Afghan army that, Joe Biden was bragging about in July. It, it took days. I mean, they, at one point, I remember the intelligence agencies were saying it could take 30 to 60 days for the Taliban to take over Kabul. And Sean, Kabul fell the very next day. I mean, I, the, the Biden administration created a, a situation that will go down in history as the biggest blunder in American military and foreign policy uh, that, uh, uh, compared to anything else in history. I mean, it's, just, it's, a, it's a nightmare. It's shameful. Joe Biden should be held accountable for every single bit of it. I'm going to be questioning, by the way, General Milley and Secretary Austin before the House Armed Services Committee on Wednesday, and I'm going to ask them uh, these questions. How did it happen when you guys were, were telling us all along, you were telling us one thing, and the opposite happened? You were either lying to us or, uh, or you were cover covering up for this president's incompetence and negligence. It's either or. Well, I think they were lying to us. That's what I think. 
Um, let me move on to another issue. I saw that apparently, and I have no problem with the Secret Service getting drones, because if it helps them keep our elected officials safe, I'm all for that. And I don't care what your political party happens to be. It's something that we've got to do. It's a dangerous world. I recognize that for what it is. You know, I had an exchange once with Comrade de Blasio, the mayor of New York. He comes into my studio. He's got four armed guards with him, you know, New York City police detectives. And I'm saying, well, does every should every New Yorker have the right to defend themselves with a firearm where they are the way you can? And he says, every New Yorker has the right to be safe. I said, I didn't ask you that. Do they have a right to the same firearms that are protecting you to protect them? Every New Yorker has the right to be safe. Okay. So I don't have a problem. I want to make sure that we have the latest, greatest, most advanced equipment. But what surprised me is not the purchase of, of, of drone surveillance drones. I don't have a problem with that at all. But apparently now, and you sent a letter to the Attorney General Merrick Garland about this, why did the Secret Service purchase some of these drones made by a company, DJI, a Chinese-based company that even our own intelligence community has flagged as a communist spy risk? Why would we buy the drones from them? Yeah, that, that's the question. I mean, they, the FBI bought, uh, spent $72,000 on 27 DJI drones, eight of which the Secret Service will be using. Now, Sean, keep in mind, as you said, in 2017, the Department of Homeland Security, uh, they received a report that showed that these drones were collecting data, and because DJI, DJI is owned by the Chinese Communist Party, that data is being shared with, uh, with our biggest enemy in the world, uh, that being this, the CCP. So we're, we're giving them money and the ability to spy on us. How dumb does that make us? Department of Justice banned these DJI drones back in 2020. The, the sad thing about this, Sean, is this is a pattern of behavior by the Biden administration. It's not just about drones it's about what they did last week and they when they released the cfo of huawei and 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 sent the cfo back to back to china they've allowed huawei to buy u.s uh, uh, auto chips and and save saved huawei when donald trump was putting putting pressure on huawei because of the intelligence threat that they posed against us uh, economically and militarily as well they looked the other way when china hacked microsoft they covered up the biden administration as we speak is covering up the origins of COVID-19, apparently to appease China and make China look look good. And then this uh, $3.5 trillion reconciliation boondoggle that's going to be on the floor of the House uh, presumably this week is a massive handout to China. This is the Biden administration is the friendliest administration we've ever had in the White House to China after four years of having the toughest president that we've ever well, had. I mean, by, by now, the, that, now the, the logical question has to be asked, and that is, you know, look at the assessment the security assessment that Libya made about Hunter Biden, that he's a junkie and a drug addict and he likes low, I think they, their phrase was low rent, I think, if I remember correctly, hookers. And so they knew this about him. Now you got a $100,000 Chinese national shopping spree for Hunter and his family. Then you got the $1.5 billion Bank of China deal. So I'm just assuming that the communist Chinese, uh, as well as the Libyans, as well as probably the Iranians and the Russians that paid him money and the Ukrainians that gave him money and the Kazakhstan uh, oligarchs that gave him money. I'm assuming they've got compromising materials uh, on on the Biden family. Could I be wrong? And does that not need to be looked into? Well, but with these drones, either he doesn't take the China threat seriously, which he doesn't, or he's on the hook. And don't never forget, Sean, I mean, remember, Hunter Biden, uh, this is this is a verifiable fact. When he when he had these deals with Ukraine and Russia and China, 
he talked about getting that, that there was a cut for the big guy. And we all know the big guy was Joe Biden, his his the vice president, the former vice president. When 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 Hunter was out peddling access to his dad when he was when he was vice president, we can only assume that the same type of behavior occurs now, maybe in a bigger way as president. There was a cut for the big guy. So uh, there, I have no I have no doubt that there is compromising information that the Chinese have on Joe Biden and his family, and that's why Biden is fully willing to turn a blind eye to the China threat and allow for Chinese Communist Party-owned drones that the Secret Service is using. It's collecting information on the Biden family, on members of his administration, especially those who are involved in national security-related uh, positions. I, I, I have no doubt that there's a there, there's a larger reason for this that and a larger story yet to be told. I, I mean, I just really it, it's mind numbing to me. Quick break. More with Congressman Jim Banks of Indiana. That we, then we'll get to your calls. Eight hundred nine four one. Sean, our number. Look. We continue. Congressman Jim Banks of the great state of Indiana with us. Is there anything that you can see that we that's possible? I I read over the weekend that I know that there are individual groups in America because I have a lot of friends and a lot of sources. And they've been telling me that, for example, we have retired special ops people, retired Navy SEALs people that are on the ground behind enemy lines trying to rescue Americans, that there are chartered aircraft available Masri Sharif Airport, but those planes are not being allowed to take off. And now I read that the FBI is investigating the Americans that that are trying to do that, which Joe Biden didn't do and, and not abandon Americans, but trying to rescue them. I mean, unless they're doing something financially nefarious that I have no idea about, I, I actually think they're doing a good thing. Am I wrong? These people are heroes. They're, they're former, they're retired special operations officers trying to go into Afghanistan and bring Americans home. Uh, these, these people are heroes. We should be, we should be applauding them and supporting and, and them. And by the way, even if somebody's paying them to do it, they're willing to risk their life to do it. That's between them. Amen to that. And, and to find out that the State Department is preventing them from taking off or landing. Uh, well, on no, their, the State Department said you out. can't land in the United States. And that if you get a third party country to accept your charter um, and they need a sign off from us, it will not be forthcoming. That's what they said. Yeah, uh, they're, they're trying to prevent it from happening because it's, it's more egg on the Biden administration's face, on Joe Biden's face, a, con- a complete concession that they failed uh, to get Americans out of Afghanistan. There's still hun- we, we know there's still hundreds of Americans who are stuck there who can't get out. And the fact that they won't allow these independent efforts to get them out of the country just goes to show that. How, how embarrassing of a situation this is for them, and they're trying to cover it up. It really is unbelievable. All right, well, uh, keep us in the loop. We appreciate it. Uh, Jim Banks, congressman from the great state of uh, Indiana, appreciate you being with us. 800-941-SEAN is our number if you want to be a part of the program. Quick break, right back. 25 till the top of the hour. I mean, it's now becoming a thing where any prominent Democrat, anywhere they go, I mean, these chants of F. Joe Biden are happening everywhere. And Hillary apparently uh, popped her head out this weekend, and uh, she wasn't met with a warm reception either.
Poor Hillary heckled Boot outside of the of Queen's University in Belfast as she attended a ceremony installing her as the college's first female chancellor. Anyway, calling her a war criminal. Um, 800-941-SHAWN is our number if you want to be a part of the program. All right, let's get to our phones. Uh, let's say hi. John is in Louisiana. John, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Hi, thank you, Mr. Hannity. It's uh, nice of you to have me. Thank you. And nice to have you. What's going on? Um, so I'm I'm actually in the military, and um, I obviously with Joe Biden and everything, they mandated the vaccines. Um, and I I just think that the vaccine for my personal health, I don't need it. I'm in my young twenties, and I think that I would survive fine if I had COVID. So I don't think it's necessary for me to have it. But I do have. Well, to let me ask you a question. Have you talked it over with your doctor? Uh, I have not, actually, no, sir. I would recommend you do that just as a matter of just due diligence on anything like this. And when you join the military, you got to get a lot of vaccines for a lot of different things, correct? Yes, sir. Um, look, I'm not, I don't know your current medical condition i don't know your medical history but this for you is a matter of principle there's there's you just believe that you're going to be fine because of your age and this tense look the overwhelming majority of people that struggle we now know are older people uh people that are obese people with comorbidities compromised immune systems and underlying conditions um that is the overwhelming vast majority of it uh now it's a question of will you have the freedom that now the choice is going to be yours because my understanding is what exists in the public sector uh, sector it does not exist exist in the military and that is the option of getting tested once a week is that correct yes sir that's that's not an option it's basically either get in or get out and how many years have you been in um, I've, I've actually pretty recently joined, uh, less than one year, year to be exact. And going into it, um, when I went through basic training and everything, I had the mindset of, I, I was kind of hesitant about the vaccine and I was cautious throughout my whole time. And then more and more information is coming out about, um, the fatalities and stuff, um, with like enlarged hearts and myocarditis, or uh, not sure how to like pronounce that, but anyway, have they ever resolved I mean, they were talking last week still about the possibility if people don't take the vaccine mandate and decide to leave the military. For example, there's an article today, uh, CBS out of Boston, about dozens of Massachusetts state troopers are resigning over the mandate, according to the union. And and a lot of nurses, they're, they're coming up with alternative plans to kick nurses and medical professionals out of New York hospitals these are people that were diving on COVID bombs at the worst part of this every single day, many of, many of whom have natural immunity because they got it. Um, is it a dishonorable discharge or is it an, do you know, have you been given any information as to that fact or? Um, so, so going through the process, um, I would be very surprised. My superiors above me said that it's unlikely for a dishonorable discharge. The most probable would be an other than honorable discharge. So I wouldn't have any benefits or any federal jobs in the future. Um, but dishonorable, I would say, is a completely different level. And that would be a serious problem if it was that. Well, I think that would also lead to a lot of litigation, too, because I'm, I'm, I know you're not the only person that in the military that is dealing with this. Uh, I got a report from John Solomon that, in fact, there are a lot of even 
you know, highly trained special ops forces, Navy SEALs that are saying no, and they're being sidelined. And the, the amount of money we put into training any one individual is astronomical. So it's, yes. listen, I, 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 I can't tell you what to do. I won't tell you what to do. I'm not going to play doctor. Um, you haven't spoken to any medical professional. Maybe talk to them. See what your options are. Talk to the Army or what branch of service are you in? Um, I'm in the Marine Corps. All right. We'll simplify and, and, and see if they might work with you. Do you have any conditions that would prevent you from getting the, the vaccine? No, sir. No, sir, no. I don't. Just, just on principle, I understand. You know, I just, um, I understand. Look, I urge you to take it seriously. I would do more research. I talk to more medical professionals, and then you got to make up your own mind, kid. You're how old? Twenty? What? I'm I'm twenty. You're twenty years old. You got your whole life ahead of you, and you know, I, I definitely, if if this is not the career for you under those set of circumstances. I think that, you know, thank you for trying to say, serve your country. And if this is a mandate that you're just not willing to go along with, then you have every right in a free country to make your decision. I'd urge you to be careful with it when it comes to your health. And again, I'd urge you to talk to your doctor. Okay. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, ma'am. 800-941-SEAN, our number. Kara is in Virginia. What's up, Kara? How are you? Hello, Sean. It's so great to be on your show. I love you dearly. I'm Thank a you. driver. Are you over the rotor? By the way, one last yes, thing sir, on this last call that we just had. You know, they ought to give the military the same option of being willing. If they're willing to be tested once a week, like other companies, they should at least give them that option. But anyway, go ahead. What's on your mind, Kara? You're an over-the-road trucker. That's a hard job you got every day. Yes, sir, and I do haul produce. And mm -hmm. um, I've seen the, the fuel prices skyrocket. Um, some places it's even as much as four dollars a gallon um, wow. for diesel fuel. And I, and you know if you really think about it like this, Sean, if you put three hundred gallons of diesel fuel at three dollars and forty five cent a gallon into a tractor and trailer, that is one thousand thirty five dollars for one fill up. Well, people are complaining about the high prices of food and, you know, what it costs to go out and eat and things of this nature. And they don't really understand what the energy independence was about that this administration has taken from the people of the country. Well, and, you know, how much more, how much more are you paying per gallon for diesel fuel? Oh, my God. Under the Trump administration, it was down to $2 and something a gallon. Now, in a lot, in, in a, well, Texas, um, you know, it's plus or minus a little bit. You know how it varies even on gas. So it's but you're paying anywhere between a dollar thirty and a, and $2 more a gallon at least. Yes, sir. And, yeah. you know, like I said, at three at $3.45 a gallon, at 300 gallons of fuel, that's $1,035 for one fill-up, right. okay? Right. One fill-up. And trucks usually average seven miles to the gallon, and that's with your newer ones, okay? Um, you know, what kind, of truck, what kind of truck really, do you actually drive? Do you have, like, a Freightliner? Do you I, drive? What do you drive? No, I have a 21 Peterbilt. It's a great truck. All right, and, so my question to you is this. So now you're not making less money as a truck driver. You're not going to you don't you're not going to take less pay, right? No, sir. 
And the but companies that employ would, you, they're not going to take less money for their products. So who's paying for the for the added fuel costs? The consumer, the people of Thank the you. United States of America, the consumer. It is killing our country. It is killing it. And, and you know, I heard a guy, he went in, and, and I felt so sorry for him. He asked the lady at a restaurant, I will not say what restaurant, but he said, asked for a chicken wing, and it was $2, and he blew a gasket. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand when they took our our fuel independence and gave it to foreign nations to support them. And, and you can't say it's global warming because if you remember, Sean, we had the Exxon Valdez that really messed up a lot of stuff hauling the fuel on the ship. So, you know, you can't really say it's because of global uh-uh, warming. Um, it, it's, you know... To me, it would be better to ha- for us to be fuel efficient in this country and make our country prosper instead of other countries prospering that a lot of times don't even like the United States or the people of the United States. And another thing that I've found, you know, driving a truck, um, there's a place that I stopped to eat in Arkansas. And, you know, a lot of these places, they don't have enough employees to run these places they they're not working people are not working do these people of this country not understand that if they do not go back to work the government will own them they will own them they will they will own everything they do they will own everything they eat they will they will tell them what they're going to say what they're going to wear what they're going to do who they're going to be as a person and I cannot wrap my head around it. You know, you raise it a lot of different issues. First of all, everybody needs to understand something. If it's not for people like Kara and every other truck driver out there, your grocery store is empty. There's nothing on the shelves. Same with your drugstore. Same with every every single store you go to. Same with Lowe's. Same with Home Depot. That that's That's how we bring our goods to market. And so, you know, you're pointing out something that I've been trying to point out, just like, for example, on top of, you know, the, the, the latest argument of the Democrats for the three point five trillion dollar monstrosity, which is really five trillion when you add it all together is, well, we're paying for it all, meaning we're taxing. OK, you're going to raise corporate corporate taxes, capital gains taxes, death taxes. You're going to we're not taxing anybody above 400 grand a year. That's a lie. It's 400 grand per couple. Uh, and then you got every other hidden tax on top of it. And now they're even talking about another gas tax. All it does is we all pay. And the people that are going to be suffer the most. Listen, Cara, I can afford to pay the extra money for produce. I can pay for my thick cut, you know, Oscar Mayer bacon that I like. I can pay for it. I can afford it. The higher cost of meat, I can afford it. The, the 10 bucks for 10 oranges, I can afford that too. Aren't you amazed, by the way, I know all my prices pretty well. But the reality is, yes, I am. But but the reality is, a lot of people can't, and this is where exactly. you know the rubber hits the road. And I know what that life's like because I lived years and years and years of my adult life without money. So I I I, well, I know, know what it's like to struggle. Well, you know, Sean, I saw a I guess it was a young person. They had made a comment. Why do we need farmers? When we have grocery stores, I, I was like, I could not believe this. I could not wrap my head around this. If people understood 
how hard America's farmers work. It, it is it, it is just so heartening to me that people really think that food and these supplies that they want not only absolutely have to have to survive, but what they have to have the things that they want that might not necessarily be to survive, just the wants instead of the absolute food, water, the things that you need, the farmers work extremely hard. They are the backbone of this country and our food supply. And the truck drivers, even though I am one and it's my choice to be one and I love what I do, the truck drivers are the second backbone, but... When I always hated that comment when COVID come out, essential workers. And I think back to a song that a band used to have out. And America, it takes the people making the thread, the people making the, the material for the mask. It takes the people making the tires for the trucks. It takes everybody. It takes, it's like a spoke in a wheel. And if we don't work together, just like truck drivers now, we run seven days a week, 24 yep. hours a day. I got a last question for you because I have friends in the trucking business. Five days a year. Now, Excuse do me? you work for one company? Do you own your own truck? What do you do? I work for a company, Sean. Yeah. And do you go, do you work around the country or more regionally? No, no, I, I am definitely, I'm east to west. Wow, so you're full-time. Well, you're, listen, it is I, a hard, hard job. Thank you for what you do. You feed us, you get, you get us our medicines, you get us our building supplies, you, and you deserve more money than you're making now, and I hope you do. All right, thanks, Kara. Can it, I say one, one quick thing? Yeah, real quick, I'll have a second. I love you. And Donald Trump, if you're listening, I love you and I support you 199%. And my first stimulus check went to a Trump billboard, honey. And I really love you. <laughs> All right, Kara, we love you too. 800 941 Sean is our number. You want to be a part of the program.